Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Okay, hour three, you know the drill. We save the best for last. My man Pete Jensen of NHL Network joining me now on the West Her Hotline. First and foremost, good afternoon, Pete. And thanks for joining me, man. I, I'm, I'm getting you in like two out of three weeks. I'm feeling good about this. We got some good NHL talk in the afternoon, and I'm, I always enjoy having you on, man. Oh, always great to be on in uh, Buffalo. Uh, yeah, and definitely during this time of year, I, I think it's always like, um, significant when you see like that the the playoff ratings in your area do well despite the Sabres not being in it. So I know it's one of the best hockey areas of the country, and you know hopefully those things get back on track. But always good to be on with you, Nate. Thanks, my friend. Um, well, we have I, we have a lot to talk about. Um, I, I just think that the playoffs have taken really interesting turns, as it tends to do. Um, I want to start with you first and foremost with the Winnipeg and Edmonton series that obviously only gets to four games, and the team that everybody thought was going to win won, right? Um, well, kind of not really, but the. You know the two best, the two of the three top scorers in the NHL um, really just did never, just never really made their mark in that series against the Jets. And listen, the Jets are a tough out any any way you spin it. Um, how disappointing is it though if you're the Oilers not even getting a win in that series based on the players that you put on the ice um, and and sort of the roster the way it's constructed now? I think a lot of pressure turns on that front office on what the heck you do to get the best player in the world and arguably like the third or fourth best player in the world um, and Leon Draisaitl at least offensively. Like, how do you get this to a point where? You're winning playoff games and at least winning playoff series because one playoff series win in Connor McDavid's career is just as disappointing as having no playoff series <laughs> appearances from Jack Eichel here in Buffalo. Right. Right. It's a slight step up, but not by much. I mean, I think like it doesn't get much worse than what the Edmonton Oilers mustered over the past two postseasons. Right. They were, you know, the higher seed going into the bubble last year. They were playing Chicago, who arguably didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs in the normal circumstances. And they lost in four games out of a five-game series. And then this year, like, definitely had a much better regular season. And, you know, last year was weird. Like, McDavid and Dreisaitl, even though they had 100-point seasons, they were, like, minus players for Mm -hmm. what that's worth. But this year they were, like, much better at even strength and that type of thing. And uh, But then it was, like, the same story again. I mean, come playoff time – 
especially when you face a motivated team like Winnipeg that, you know, has had past playoff failures and is, is a really complete group. I just think they were like so fixed on shutting down or containing those top guys, which they were able to do. And then the rest of the roster outside of that line is like the bottom six in Edmonton is, has to be probably the worst out of any playoff team this year. Maybe one of the worst in the league. Mike Smith is a veteran goal. He had a great regular season outperformed expectations, but it's now two years in a row that he's faltered in the playoffs. So, and they came into the year with goaltending issues, kind of like Buffalo did to draw a comparison. So, you know, you're not really that shocked by what happened in the playoffs, but that said, it's just extremely disappointing when you, when you see a player of McDavid's caliber and dry saddle as well, not being able to make their mark in the playoffs, right? Like we see Crosby and Ovechkin got mm. bounced in the first round, but those guys have done so much damage through the years. You don't even really think twice about it now, but you want to see more out of McDavid as a hockey fan, but the roster flaws in Edmonton with their big contracts makes it very difficult for them to do so. You know, I wonder if you're the NHL, you know, like obviously not having Edmonton be a team that, that you can really highlight well. Um, it's based on where they're located. They, they're they not really like a national team. Like People in the East Coast aren't talking about Edmonton maybe as much as we probably should be just because of when they play. Um, the the amount of national exposure they get isn't good. And this is a team that, that features, again, like two of the best players in the world. Like If you're the NHL, you've got to be pretty disheartened that the Edmonton Oilers, a team that you're desperately doing what you can to sort of highlight and and, and and be a team that you can you know highlight it and and present in a way to the to the to the nation and not only the nation but in Canada as well. Um, like if you're the NHL, how like if you're looking at Edmonton, what can they do? Uh, your 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 point about having those two inflated contracts are certainly especially in a season where you're not really seeing the salary cap grow. Now we know it's going to grow pretty notably as the new TV deal kicks in after in the 2022 seasons. But it, as it stands now. There's not a ton of ways for them to get better. They're going to likely lose Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the offseason to UFA status. Yeah. And, and Mike Smith's probably going to be gone as well in, in terms of in goal. How does this team get better when you consider they have two contracts that are really going to bloat and, and, and really take a big chunk of that team's ability to try to get better? Well, about their exposure thing, I think you know their exposure in the U.S. this year was hurt by them just playing all their games against the Canadian teams. Yep. I mean, when you have them playing... If you were having McDavid against Crosby, if you're having McDavid against Eichel, if you're having McDavid against McKinnon and, you know, Saddle against uh, Nico Rantanen in Colorado, like those are the type of head-to-head matchups that draw in average fans in America uh, to watch McDavid and see how he performs against some of the best in the game. So, yeah, that will change next year when things go back to the regular divisions. But, yeah, what you mentioned about Nugent Hopkins, it's like, Sure, they're freeing up some significant salary there, but they're also they're going to be losing probably their third best player. You yep. know, it's like so. Who, who knows if they would even get better from reallocating those funds toward, say, a defenseman or or a goaltender? So, I mean, I think there are some decent goalies available on the market. I do know that they will get uh, hopefully Oscar Kleffbaum back. He missed the entire season this year. You know, I think like with the way their defense made some strides this year, like in, you know, Darnell Nurse had a breakout season. I think if you add Clefbaum back into that mix, it may make them a little bit better uh, come playoff time. They they missed him 
uh, when the games mattered most. But, yeah, there are no easy answers, kind of like in Buffalo. You know, mm. there's – and, I mean, it definitely seems that McDavid has – I don't know if he has a better attitude than Eichel uh, with all the losing, but he seemed to put a positive spin on the situation considering they got swept. I mean, that was as much as I said, I wasn't surprised by McDavid and dry saddle getting bounced in the first round. I don't think anybody picked that that would be a sweep. And there's always a surprising sweep every year in the NHL. And that was certainly the surprising sweep of the first round this year. NHL Network's Pete Jensen joining me on the Western Hotline. We're talking the NHL playoffs. Let's talk about the other series that ended up being a sweep. I, I mean, maybe not as surprising as the Edmonton series, but Colorado uh, in four games over the St. Louis Blues. Uh, where are you with the Blues and their outlook? I, like, obviously, they've got a Stanley Cup in their back pocket this decade and really over the la- you know the previous three years. Um, but where do you sit with them in their future? They're another team that's aging, um, especially in their defensive group. And, and uh, along their forward group, where does that team go from here after a, after a sweep in the first round to I think the eventual Stanley Cup champion? So it's it's really it's I want to be careful on saying like they're in a tough spot now after the sweep and like they've got some they've got to look inward a little bit. I mean that that is true to an extent, but they did lose to I think the best team in the NHL, and I think it's very cl- Vegas is really good too um, in this playoff series, but it's hard to really look away at what the Avalanche have been able to do. Right. The only game in that series that the Blues could have, maybe should have won, was the game where they got the help from, you know, Kadri getting uh, the five-minute major, mm-hmm. and they came back and tied the game on that power play. So, and then, But then they ended up losing that game anyway in the third period. One thing about St. Louis is they didn't have David Perron, who was one of their best players in the regular season. He was out with the COVID protocol in the playoffs, which was unfortunate. And, yeah, just a ton of injuries for St. Louis in the regular season. I think the way they played the last month of the season was encouraging. And I do think, like, when the divisions reset next year, like, they're probably a safe bet to make the playoffs. But if they're trying to contend for the Cup, I think they need to retool a little bit. And back to Colorado, yeah, I've been on them all year like a lot of people have uh, in a good way. I've been patient during their, uh, you know, some of their struggles when they had – guys missing from the lineup, but that's the bottom line right now. If any team out there would benefit from having a week of rest right now, <laughs> it's the Avalanche because they need Philip Grubauer healthy. Yeah. They need McKinnon healthy. They need their secondary guys like even Donskoy and uh, Burakovsky. They need those guys to be fresh, especially with Kadri out for the big series against uh, Vegas up until Game 7. I think Kadri could come back for Game 7 at the earliest with his suspension, so Hopefully, hopefully for them it even gets to that point, but um, it would that would be a killer to lose in six and not even have Kadri for a single game. But Colorado, the only thing that's going to hold that team back is if guys are missing from the lineup because they're an absolute juggernaut on defense. They got an elite goalie in Grubauer, and their top line is as good as you know Tampa's or Boston's yep. or Edmonton's or anybody out there. And Cal McCarr is maybe the best young defenseman in hockey. Uh, I mean, offensively, yeah. it is it is a show when when the puck is on his stick. 
I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a more exciting player outside of Connor McDavid than him with the puck in his head. It's just it is it's a treat sure. to watch. You know, it just it's it. And but I do want to talk about some of the other first round series. But I, I do kind of want I, I I would hate to move away from this Colorado Avalanche and Vegas Golden Knights series because I think it's the matchup that the NHL really wanted. I think they probably if they would have had it their way had this another round deeper um, in the semifinal. But here they are in the corner final. What are your predictions for the series? Do you think that just based on how deep Vegas is? that they're going to be able to roll four lines against Colorado, give them everything they can handle. And is this a tough draw for Vegas? I think this is a team that probably could also win a Stanley Cup this year, and getting the Avalanche in the second round is a really tough draw for them. It is. There are two different series this round that really could be like conference final type things between the Colorado-Vegas series and then the Carolina-Tampa series. Both as good of second round series as you'll ever see uh, with teams that are sound defensively, high-octane offensively, and have really strong goaltending options. So as far as Vegas, I was a little, like Carolina, it was a little underwhelming for me what they put forth in the first round. With Vegas, I worry about uh, the games when they heavily outshoot their opponents. They're like 1-7 and seven over the past two seasons when they have had 40-plus shots on goal in a game in the playoffs, which is like unthinkable, but... They seem to be a little snake-bitten in those spots. So, obviously came through in a big way last night and, and finished off Minnesota like they probably should have because this this matchup seems like it has been something everybody has look, been looking forward to almost across the league uh, for the entire season for the second round. So, it's going to happen. Um, I think Colorado's offense is better than Vegas's. It was good to see Max Pacioretty come back, though, and score a goal last night. That kind of evens the playing field a little bit, don't you think? So uh, it's going to be a fun series. It's probably going to go six or seven. It's probably going to alternate a lot of wins and losses and, you know, bounce back spots. And we'll see if McKinnon can keep going at this rate of productivity in the playoffs. He's like top five in NHL history in career playoff points per game. So we'll see if like the combination of Alex Petrangelo and Mark andre Fleury and, of course, they could turn back to Robin Leonard. They didn't need to in the first round, but they certainly could if they need to in the second round. And he gives them just as good of a chance to win. So I think there are going to be a lot of ebbs and flows in this series. And I think it could be one of those series that we look back at as, you know, maybe something that took the league to a new level in terms of ratings in the playoffs uh, for a non-Stanley Cup final matchup. It, it really could be that good. It, it has mm-hmm. that type of feeling. So I want to get your thoughts uh, before we move on to the uh, – I, I think Carolina-Tampa is another really interesting series. Before we do that, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Florida Panthers because I think that was a team with some expectations that they would put up maybe a tougher fight against Tampa. Now, I mean, to obviously getting Kucherov back for the playoff run, he's one of the best players in the NHL. That's just a tough draw for Florida considering you're not playing the team that everyone else got to play in the regular season. But having said that – the Sergei Bobrovsky situation, Pete, is maybe one that it's hard to quite put into words how difficult of a spot his contract may put that organization, considering, you know, I, I just think that they've got the forward group, they've got the group on the defense, and if Sergei Bobrovsky's playing at his at his ceiling, that's a team that you could sell me on that could potentially be a Stanley Cup contender. But the fact of the matter is, is Bobrovsky 
it just has not it, it just it's been a move that has not worked out and, and listen at the end of the day if you would have told me if you would have asked me at the time they signed the contract at 30 years old if paying him all that money was it a really smart move I would have told you no way um, but that was a yeah. team that was looking to make a move they made it and I think if you're going to look back now you're it's hard to make the argument that paying goaltenders top of market ever really works out for anybody. I mean, Ben Bishop, you you just start to, you know you start to make these moves looking backwards and almost all of them yeah. haven't worked out well for the team that has done it. So, where are you and how much are you concerned about the Sergey Bobrovsky contract potentially holding back the Panthers from from maybe finding their potential as a team that really should be a deep playoff contender? Well, I think it could hold them back uh, past next season, no doubt. I mean, I think the big question for Florida is, like, what's going to happen with Alexander Barkov? And when you have their, you know, their two best players right now for next season, let's say next season, they're going to get Aaron Ekblad back, who's an elite defenseman. They have Spencer Knight, who's, you know, a goalie prodigy, already got thrown into the fire and looked great in the playoffs and the regular season. So he's going to, like, be at the very least a 1B to Bobrovsky, he might even be the starter as early as next year. So those are all good things. But you see the the type of money that Huberto is making right now, 5.9 per mm-hmm. season, and also the same for Barkov. But Barkov's contract expires UFA status after next season, and then Huberto UFA status after the following season. So all of a sudden, they've had a big you know season this year coming past their expectations, and then you know, still being a young team with an upward trajectory. But now you're looking at the next two seasons are going to have, you know, tremendous pressure on this team. So, yeah, I do think that as the time goes on, the Bob contract could hurt them even more. And it's it's tough for that team because they're just – they were trying to find relevance for years. Mm. They haven't won a playoff series since 1996. And they nearly did this year. They they played – they were the better team at five on five in the series, I would say, you know, outside of game number six where they uh, got, you know, blown out a little bit, but definitely that team has something special brewing. I love some of their sneaky acquisitions, like over the past year, like Carter Verhage and Sam Bennett and Patrick Hornquist. Like they honestly, the Panthers might have beaten any other team in the league in the first round this year, outside of Tampa and Colorado. I really believe that. So it was a really tough draw for them. But having Ekblad in that series, like say if the teams were to meet again next year, Tampa and Florida, with Ekblad healthy, that series might go the other way. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough draw to play Tampa with their big five healthy. Tampa might be stronger this season than they were last year when they won the Cup, Nate. So that's what we're looking at here with these Florida teams. The, the expectations and the performance is extremely high these days. I think outside of, and we'll end up seeing, you know, Pete, who ends up winning that Toronto-Montreal uh, series. It's probably looking like Toronto, and I think Toronto-Winnipeg will be a real treat for folks. But I, I I, find it hard to ignore the potential excitement level of a Carolina-Tampa series. Um, I, I think, you know, ultimately, Carolina is maybe one of the most under-talked-about one-seeds. Um, I think they're a really great they're a great team. They're well-coached. Yep. They've got young superstars. How excited are you to watch that series play out? And 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 if you're asking me, or if you're if I were to ask you which series you thought would go seven games out of the ones that we're going to see here in the second round, is this maybe the one that that maybe has that uh, has that potential? 
Well, I, I mean, I do. I am picking Colorado over Vegas in seven, and uh, I'm sticking with Carolina over Tampa. But it's going to be really mm. tight. I think that Carolina is a better, ver- better, more experienced, even better puck possession version of the Florida Panthers. They could play high scoring with you. They got goaltending options uh, to turn to. They got three of them. Morazic didn't even play in the playoffs so far. I mean, it's been the rookie Alex Nedeljkovich playing every game, which has been a little surprising, but he was outstanding in the regular season. So, And, yeah, with Tampa, it's just like you know that their power play is going to be dangerous every single night. So limiting the damage there, making it more of a five-on-five game where Carolina can dominate the shot attempts and that sort of thing, that's the lay of the land if Carolina wants to win this series. But they are a better, more healthy version of the Florida Panthers. They can go toe-to-toe offensively with the Bolts, and they can definitely beat them in the series. So I'm really excited to watch this one. And, um, yeah, it's just like at the beginning of the season, you could have looked at the division layouts and said, all right, I think that there's a very good chance that the four best teams in the league would be Vegas, Colorado, Carolina and Tampa, and they would all meet each other in the second round. So, and that's how it ended up happening. So, uh, it's kind of been uh, on everybody's on the forefront of everybody's minds from the very beginning this season, and that's the playoff matchups that we're going to be excited to watch here. Pete, last thing for you here, and just kind of looking at the rest of the bracket. <sighs> The least sexiest matchup to me is is New York versus Boston, and it's I think it's probably more the Islanders' fault than it is Boston's fault. Um, the Islanders just play a super boring brand of hockey, but it's also the brand of hockey that got them a four two victory um, over the over the number one seed uh, Penguins. So, although it's boring, it's effective as hell. Um, what are you expecting from that series? And you know, ultimately, who do you think ends up uh, ends up bouncing out in that one? So I, I give a slight edge to the Bruins. I think they got more scoring pop, uh, especially after adding Taylor Hall with the second line, uh, being really strong these days. And, you know, Charlie McAvoy's playing at a ridiculous level. It's a good storyline with him going back to Long Island where he's from. So uh, we look for him to continue to have his breakout postseason. And then, you know, I think like Tuka Rask is the is better than Varlamov or Sorokin. The Islanders are not that far behind in that regard, but from the power play advantage with Boston, from the offensive advantage in terms of having, you know, bigger names and higher offensive ceilings, I just think there's an, a slight edge to the Bruins. But, I mean, we cover it on the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast, like the betting market and stuff like that. The Islanders continuously get no respect. I mean, it, maybe yeah. it's because of that style, but that <laughs> yeah. style translates well to the playoffs that gives them a chance to beat anybody they could beat they almost beat tampa bay last year they've shut down crosby they've shut down ovechkin they've shut down malkin over the years you know last year in the playoffs they they shut down the flyers offense i mean it was just they do this every year they haven't met the bruins yet so and they but they perform well against the bruins in the regular season so to see such big numbers in advance you know for the advantage in the Boston Bruins department, there's some serious value on the New York Islanders in the series because they could definitely win it. They they close the gap in every area and they'll be able to. So, uh, yeah, and Barry Trotz, you can't really That's right. bet against that guy too much this time of year. You know, his his style translates, and all those guys step up like every single year. Bailey, Nelson, Pajot, mm-hmm. you 
you know, Beauvillier, they all get, like reach a new level in the playoffs every single year the past three years. So uh, the Bruins are a little bit, I mean, they made quick work of the Capitals, but that is not a perfect team and they could be vulnerable if they, if the expectations and uh, you know, how big of a favorite they are gets overblown a little bit. So uh, the last thing I'll ask you, Pete, I want to bring it back to Buffalo for a second here. And I want to ask you if you're Kevin Adams, who and and maybe maybe you'll tell me that this is, it depends on what the situation is with if whether or not they trade Eichel slash Reinhardt or both. Um, but who do you believe is the best head coach for this team moving forward? Them that that could get them out of this rut that they've been in. Well, I mean, I'm definitely interested just to see where Gerard Gallant goes. I feel like he's been the best coach available for a while, and you know, you don't know where he's going you know there's the Seattle thing there's the New York Rangers thing obviously Buffalo probably um with everything that's gone on a little bit less attractive than those spots right now but I do think that like there is some appeal if Eichel is staying with some of the you know some of the options that have emerged down the stretch of the season they look like a a decent young team that has higher capabilities in the years to come if they have to, I don't think it would be settling if they if they bring back Granado. I mean, he did an outstanding job. So, and it was a night and day difference from Kruger. So, if you're playing off that, I mean, that's the safe choice. It's realistic, and I don't think it's a bad choice. So, you know, obviously, if they could get any of those teams, I would think would want Gallant to to lead their group. But um, I liked what I saw from Granado, and I, I would be okay with seeing him coming back. Yeah, I guess, especially if you're going the rebuild route, there is no – Granado's the guy. Um, the way that he connected yeah. with Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, seeing Rasmus Asplund look like a legitimate NHL player, um, uh, R2 Roots to line in looking like a bona fide NHL yeah. player. Like, what he was able to get out of guys that this organization has been sort of pushing off getting in the lineup now for the better part of two years, that to me spoke to me a little bit, and, and I think I'm with you. I, I think I'd be 100% in on, on Granado. I could be sold on Gallant 100%. Um, you know, I think Boudreaux is a name that I think will just sort of be thrown out there because that's just mm-hmm. you know he he's got the he's got the pedigree he's got the experience, but I I it's hard to ignore a team with such youth and and a team that's depending on that youth to get out of this rut that Granado isn't you know isn't maybe the best possible fit for them. But uh, Pete, thank you so much, man. I, thanks again for making yourself available for me. I know it's a holiday weekend, so for I appreciate sure. you taking you know twenty or so minutes away from the family. Um, enjoy the long weekend, my friend. We'll be in uh, in short touch, I'm sure, and uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of the playoffs, man. It should be a doozy. Yeah, looking forward to talking to you again soon, and maybe we'll talk again before the expansion draft because that's going to be something yes. that becomes the big topic of conversation. It affects every team, um, and it affects your your trade decisions before it and afterwards. So, you know, with Buffalo trying to get things on track, they're going to be a big topic of conversation with that looming as well so looking forward to it and uh, have a great weekend guys sounds good my friend we appreciate it pete jensen there of nhl network he's their fantasy hockey expert you can follow him on twitter at pete jensen okay i'm going to take a time out here uh in just one moment i've got david pagnota he was on earlier this week uh with the fourth uh with the fourth period i'm sorry he is with the fourth period um so we'll have that interview coming up over the next two segments for you if you missed any of the show today um we had uh ryan talbot of new york upstate Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, Matt Lombardo of Fansided, and we also had um, 
See, I, I've been doing this all day. Sean Stepner of uh, of ABC Baltimore. I, I I did. I figured it out, Corey. Um, so you if you missed it. it, I did it. You know, hey, short term memory loss. It's a doozy. I've taken. Listen, I've taken a lot of shots. Okay, listen, and not like you know drinking shots. Like I've I've taken a lot of hits to the head over the course of my uh, over the course of my lifetime. So um, some warranted, others not. Um, but we will. Uh, if you missed any of those interviews, all of them were great today. WGR550.com on demand audio. You can check us out there. Otherwise, enjoy the bettering weather. I'll call it. I won't say great, but it's getting better. Um, and try to enjoy your long weekend. But uh, in the meantime, David Pagnota of the fourth period coming up next year on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.